Welcome to Where Next, the unfiltered podcast with me, Emma. We talk about everything from hostels to hotels, travel fines to travel failures, in the hope to show you just how easy traveling can be and prep you for your first adventure. Each week, me and guests will discuss a different place with new people, new experiences and new memories. It's a casual conversation to get involved in, because even though we can't get travelling right now, it doesn't mean we can't be making plans. So sit up, aspiring travellers, and let's get planning. Where next? My name is Emma Setterfield-Smith and I'm a third year journalism student at Sheffield Hallam University. I am so excited to be making this podcast as it's something I've always wanted to do. What is also great about this podcast is that the stories on my show are all told by young women who are perhaps in your shoes and took the leap of faith to go it alone or perhaps with some friends to a place completely unknown. Having travelled myself, I feel like it's so important to get people talking and planning and seeing the importance of visiting other countries. So this week's episode is all about China. And with a population of around 1.4 billion and an array of stunning sights to see, such as the Great Wall and the Forbidden City, I was so excited when paramedic student Sophie Thomas said she would talk to me. Her story is slightly different as she went with an organised trip. However, it was still her first big adventure away from home. These were her favourite memories from the trip and how she felt each step of her journey through China. Hello. Hello. It's lovely to be here. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you. Well, I've got you on today because we've both had the beauty of going to China. Have we have, yeah. And I just, I don't know about you, China has such a special place in my heart. When I think about it, I just had the best time when I went. Yeah, it's something completely different to where I've like ever been before. What happened when you first got there then? So we'd just done this massive flight. We were also jet lagged. And then one of our, like, tour guides that we had, she spoke amazing English, so she talked to us, like, about what we were going to do, what the plan mm. was. Um, we went to Tiananmen Square straight away. Oh. So we went straight into it. The history behind Tiananmen Square and everything that's happened there, everyone sort of went quiet whilst we were there and we all took it in. Tiananmen Square is an extremely famous historical site in China's capital, Beijing. In 1989, student-led protests took place, fighting against political corruption. They were hoping for political change, including freedom of the press and freedom of speech. The seven-week protest included hunger strikes and occupying Tiananmen Square. However, many of the activists and bystanders were shot dead by the Chinese army, killing thousands. It's still the largest demonstration in communist China's history. When you go there, I feel like there's just so much history wrapped up there. You can see the stalls where everyone was sat. Yeah. And it's quite breathtaking, isn't it? It is. You feel very small. Just remember seeing the painting of Chairman Mao. And it's huge. And it's so surreal being there and thinking of all the history that's happened there. All the thousands of people that would have been there. 
and it was just a moment where you just we all stood there looked around took it in and everyone around us was doing the same thing mm. um, there was a massive statue of like a bouquet of flowers in the middle and everything was just such on a large scale that you mm. felt so small and it really took you back and you really felt like you were there in such a big and empowering space mm. and it just allowed you to realize the history behind it we were hit with this incredible place i always feel like when i go to places like tiananmen square I, it almost feels like a bit of a privilege to be there I, it's almost like a bit of a state of disbelief that you're actually right in the center of where mm. you know so much history has taken place but you feel very safe mm. when you're there and everyone's so intrigued to see you but you feel so instantly warm to them but you don't feel like an imposter there mm. you feel very much welcomed into their culture into the their, their country. So you went to Beijing first. Yeah. It's an organised chaos, isn't yeah. it? Everywhere in China just seems like an organised chaos. There's like massive lanes of traffic and it's always so busy. There's so many people on the streets all the time. Before you go, that's something you kind of question the busyness of China. But actually, when you get there, that actually becomes one of the key moments of the trip, I feel like. Yeah. It's amazing. You would never imagine somewhere so busy and chaotic is so organised and like formal. So did you have a chance to do The Forbidden City? We did. The Forbidden City is a palace centred in the Dongcheng district of Beijing, in the centre of the imperial city. The beautiful site is surrounded by gardens and temples, including the famous Songshan Park, which is 54 acres. It was constructed in 1406 by the Yongle Emperor of the Ming Dynasty, and it took an astonishing 14 years to build. It is now visited by around 90 million visitors a year. It was just like something else. There was a big group of us and you, everyone's just so quiet. You can just smell these mm. wonderful incense sticks. The temples are in front of you and then you pop it in this like pit where it goes and everyone's just stood there sort of deep thinking, thinking about something that they're so grateful for. And I remember not even remembering people around me and just thinking about how like privileged I was, how lucky I was for everything. It was just a beautiful moment for us all. And then when we went in, it just got better from there. It was gorgeous. Everything is done on such a grand scale, like all the colours used. I remember everything was gold plated. I appreciate the Chinese architecture so much. Beijing is just absolutely full of these like historic places that you can go and visit. I love the Great Wall of China. That was probably one of my favourite trips. It is arguably China's most famous landmark, being the longest man-made structure in the world. The wall is an astonishing 21,196 kilometres long, and it was built to keep out unwanted company from tribes such as the Mongol and the Chorik from modern-day Mongolia. It's believed to have been built during the Ming Dynasty over a 200-year period, and has now become home to over 10 million visitors every year. When I say surreal, so surreal. That is one of the places that you just hear about and is so iconic to so many people and then next minute you're on it and it's incredible you look mm. to your left the great wall of china is there you look to the right <laughs> it's the great wall of china it sounds so silly mm. but mm. it was beautiful as well you can just see for miles and i remember walking and thinking we're walking but we're never going to get to the end and you come across and there's like little archways that you can walk through and inside people have like wrote their names on like the mm, walls yeah. and stuff and their names are carved in and you think like I wonder where they're from I remember one of the people we were with he cut off one of our tours um tour guide's shoulders and he carved his name at the top um so you were in Beijing for how long I think it was five days five days mm -hmm. and then you went to we went to Chengdu after <gasps> Which... did you see the Le Jean Buddha we did 
The Lejean Buddha stands at 71 metres tall and is at the meeting point of the Min and Dadu River. The gigantic Buddha is carved into the face of a red bed sandstone cliff and was constructed during the Tang Dynasty. It took over 90 years to build. The structure was built by a monk named Heitong and is both the tallest stone Buddha and pre-modern statue in the world. There was nothing around us. It just seemed like a small village. And then you get on this boat and I remember having to get on. I'm not the best with boats anyway. But you had to walk across other boats to get to ours. And I remember having to jump the gaff and it, it was so scary. And then we got on this boat and we started going down the river. And we knew we were going to see something, but we didn't really know what. Mm. And then the boats go in and it's like a murky river. It's like rocks next to you, a village on the right. And then suddenly you come around this corner and there is this ginormous Buddha carved into the rock. To look at it and think that was carved by humans mm. is, is, is amazing. And it was lovely to see. It really made an impact on me when I went. It, it just takes your breath away, doesn't it? It actually scared me a little bit. Because it is the biggest Buddha carving in the world. And its eyes as well are just piercing because they're looking out over the river. And it's the way he sat on the throne as well. Mm. It's just so it's powerful. Beautiful. It's such a powerful piece of artistry. It literally just sounds like you just went on a whistle-stop tour of everything. Honestly, I don't know how you managed to fit... Did you say you went for 10 days? Yeah, so we also did a panda sanctuary whilst we were there. Oh. As if we hadn't packed enough in anyway. I feel like that was just the ultimate goal to go to a yeah. panda sanctuary. When you think of China, you think of pandas and I remember being told we were going to this panda sanctuary and I was so excited mm. like I'd never seen a panda in real life and I, I knew there was going to be like little baby oh. pandas Sophie visited the Chengdu Research of Giant Panda Breeding it is a non-profit research and breeding facility founded in 1987 it started with just six pandas however has now only expanded and the captive panda population has grown to 83 so we went and um, it's sort of like going to a safari park here. You go in, there's a bit of history about it, you see pictures. And then I remember walking around this corner and this big group of people and they were all looking in this glass window and I was like, what on earth are they looking mm -hmm. at? And there were these little pandas. And, <laughs> and when I say they were the size of like a baby, they were in a cot and they had like a nappy on. And we were sort of in the panda's natural habitat mm. and i remember being so shocked because we were just behind sort of a wooden fence and they were there it felt like you could have touched them Did they seem vicious or were they just no gorgeous? they were so peaceful like you would think an animal so big and so heavy would be a scary sight to see it just felt like you were a guest at their place yeah. um and it was lovely That's amazing. and then we got whisked straight off to a, to a school after we went from to a school yeah we went from two completely different things in this panda sanctuary to Another school which was out quite in in the in the sticks, if you want to put it in like sticks. that, yeah. And it was part; they were part of the collaboration with the school that we'd gone out with. And we went in, and we got matched with a student there who was like our pal for the day. And we went around; and they'd put on different activities for us. We exchanged mm. some gifts that we'd bought from the UK, and they so gave how, us some. How does a Chinese school differ to a British school? So they're there all day; that they live there, and that was so surreal to mm. see. Their classes are sort of similar, um, which I was quite surprised about because I thought they'd be quite different. Mm. But then we went for food in their like canteen there as well and we got to have like traditional Chinese food from like a buffet. And you just felt really immersed in their culture whilst you were there. When travelling, it's natural to be curious about different delicacies and how different cultures prepare their meals. China is renowned for its exotic meals, including scorpions, snake soup and tuna eyeball, just to name a few. 
However, both Sophie and myself had a good experience with food in China, with flavoursome dishes and a variety of choice. Traditional Chinese dishes include rice, duck, tofu, wonton soup with dumplings and many more. If you're a vegetarian like myself, you're also in luck, as I found many dishes which were made with tofu or meat supplements. So was there a language barrier then? Not really. They could speak English really well. Because we were all sat in this room with people of our age from a completely different country, just not even thinking twice about what was going on well, around don't you us. I think that is just the beauty of it. You can't experience that day to day life at home, no, can you? It is definitely the gift of travelling. And you don't know anybody. And then people treat you like you're like you're their friend and you've known them for however long. Like you have such a trust in these people. Mm. And they were allowing us into their school and like home place. Mm. And it was it was a lovely experience. So you say you went to an international school as well? Yeah, when we were in Beijing, we went to this international school, which was more of um a private school and there was children there that like, so young, like mm. three years old. Um and we went again with a student, we had a pen pal, and even there, their English was incredible. They're all international students while you're there as well. So I remember sitting in a lesson with someone who she was she was Chinese, but then there was like an Italian with us and a mm. French person, and everyone sat conversing in English, and you would have no idea. Yeah, and it was lovely because that was again a further like cultural experience. I've never been to an international school before. Mm-hmm. But we were so comfortable in that. That's so nice as well, because I feel like when you go to a country, you're able to do kind of touristy things. But going to these schools that you obviously had the opportunity to do, that's kind of the side of things that not everyone gets to see. That's the real China, isn't it? The real communities that are going on. It made you feel how it would if you were there and you were Mm. living there, a, a little insight into their life. Something that I got the chance to do when I was there that sticks in my head is we went to um, a Chinese opera. Oh, wow. Which was absolutely amazing. There was kind of like different acts. Oh, there was this lady who was doing like silhouette art with her hands, some comedy sketches. We had some singing as well. Mm-hmm. And that was just amazing. Um, we didn't do something directly, but we went to this acrobat show. Um, and I remember being in Beijing, we were sort of at the side of a main road and there was this massive queue to get in and then these incredible acts that were like throwing themselves off big wheels Mm. swinging from ropes and it was incredible (laughs) and I just remember being on the edge of my seat scared for them it honestly it just sounds like you did so much while you were there I don't know quite how you crammed it all into 10 (laughs) days we'd all just have a quick nap on the bus just to get it in (laughs) because we just knew every day was a packed day and then when we were going to the airport on the way home that was the realisation, this is at an end. Like, mm. we've gone through this whirlwind experience together. We'd seen so many things. It sounds like more than just a trip you went on. It just sounded like an absolute adventure. And by the sounds of it, you made such great friends with these people. We did, and it's so sad that we had to leave. How did it feel travelling around China as a woman? Honestly, couldn't have felt any safer. Normally, as a female traveller, you are a bit wary of everything that's about you. And you do pay attention a lot more to what's happening and the fact that you're in this foreign environment that you don't know... Um, about you can't read the signs around you but I felt so at ease I'd never once even felt worried about it unsafe or anything you could have gone out or like whenever that you would always feel safe so before you go it would only be right to do Emma's top 10 travel questions okay (laughs) what was your top highlight of this place it has to be the Great Wall of China Mm. it was just an amazing experience being, I think it's because it's one of the seven wonders of the world. Mm-hmm. I was so intrigued about it. And to say that I've been, it's somewhere that everyone just knows 
and loves the fact that I've been and I'm mm -hmm. like, I could just tell you so much about it. Mm -hmm. What is one moment from the trip that sticks in mind? I think it was just the kindness of the people that were there. They were just so caring towards us, so lovely. Like mm -hmm. They are really, really nice people. It's such a welcoming place to be. If you had to describe this place in three words, what would they be? Surreal would definitely be my first one. Um, beautiful mm -hmm. and inspiring. What makes China unique? It's culture, 100% mm -hmm. it's culture. It's like nowhere I've ever been before. Mm -hmm. You go to places in Europe and they're sort of the similar um, like feel to them, but China's just another world of itself. Mm. Right, so what is something that you would do differently had you the chance to go again? I would probably go to somewhere else, like a new city. Mm. Um, I feel like we got the most out of where we did at the time. It sounds like it. Yeah, definitely. So I'd love to see a different place in China that I'd never seen before. What is something you wish you knew before you went travelling? Probably a bit more Chinese to speak. Um, like we learnt a few basics, but I'd love to have like tried to have a conversation more whilst I was there with people and mm. interact a bit more. So what are your top five items that you would pack in Sophie's travel rucksack? In my rucksack. So the first one has to be a camera. It, you just need to capture those amazing moments while you're there. They're once in a lifetime experiences. Uh, definitely a portable charger. <laughs> That's very much a modern People thing to underestimate say. a portable charger. They it's do. A, it's an absolute necessity. We were fighting for them. You just are always on your phone taking pictures or videos and you just need it because you never want to run out of charge. I would definitely say some comfortable shoes. Yeah. <laughs> we were constantly on the go and you wouldn't want that experience to be ruined by having sore feet. For my fourth one, I would say... Um, maybe like a map or mm. like a guide that's got information on places that you go to like a little mm. pocketbook and then for us because we went to see these schools little gifts from the UK so number eight what is one song that reminds you of this place um, it has to be easy love Sagala and whenever I hear that song I'm like that's China um, what is one interesting person that sticks in mind from the travels we could go with one. This guy that we taught English, he was one of our tour guides. We, na we named him Steve, <laughs> a typical English name. Um, and when we met him first, he couldn't really speak English. He was like the videographer for the trip. Mm. Um, and by the end, he was like one of us. He was one of our friends. Aww. And I remember him being able to have like basic conversations with us. And they just became our friends. They came on the trip with us. So mm. it was lovely to meet them. They definitely stick in my head. So where are you hoping to travel next? Where's next on the agenda? Asia, I think. Okay. I would love to do Thailand mm -hmm. um, or Bali. They're my go-to places next. Um, the same, I think China really inspired me to go there because that's another different culture, completely mm -hmm. different to anywhere I've been before. So it's definitely there. Thank you so much for coming on the first episode. I know, thank you for having me. I've had the best time. I'm really nostalgic now. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go and book a holiday because yeah. I can't. <laughs> oh, let's not. Yeah, I've loved it. Thank you for having me. It's oh, been amazing. No worries at all. And I hope you safe travels in the future. Thank honestly. you and yourself. <laughs> So there you have it guys, Sophie's amazing journey around the fabulous country that is China. Having been myself, I cannot recommend it enough. It really is a place like no other. As Sophie went with an organised trip, a lot of the planning and behind the scenes travel work was sorted out for her. However, next week I'll be speaking to two young women who have travelled the glorious backpacker getaway, the one and only Thailand. They plan the trip themselves and are bursting at the seams with travel do's and don'ts. So make sure that you tune back in for next week's episode. As always, aspiring travellers, stay safe and see you next time on Where Next. <laughs>